0: This is the Partnership Podcast, where we bring you all things business from the Vale Valley, including business news, current issues, advocacy alerts, community conversations, and more. Presented by Vale Valley Partnership. This is the Partnership Podcast. My name is Eric Williams, and I'm very happy to be with all of you out there in podcast land today, and I'm really excited to uh, spend some time talking to our guests. Our first returning guest on the podcast, uh, you know, honestly, I could introduce her in a hundred different ways. In sports, they use the phrase multi-hyphenate, and she is certainly one of those, but uh, we're going to talk about... Feel good solutions today. We're going to talk about a feel good mindset. Holly Johnson is a two-time nationally published author and she's a friend of Vale Valley Partnership and uh, has some incredible words for us. So Holly, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing great, Eric. Thanks for having me back on. I'm, I'm, I'm flattered and touched.
0: Oh, awesome. Well, we are as well. So right before we start anything, what's your mindset like right now?
1: I have a great mindset. I mean, look at the skies here. We finally got our bright blue skies back and the fires even though they're still existing it's nice that the winds are blowing in our right direction and uh you know certainly feels like that touch of air of fall and uh, one of the things I you know love about the changing of the seasons being a Florida transplant um, even though you know you take the girl out of the mountains but you can't take the mountains out of the girl I've been still coming back is you know every new season provides a sense of hope and I think um, if there's one thing that I've really committed myself to, and particularly during the whole COVID and our new COVID state of life, is um, what can I do to help people feel better about themselves? And um, not only personally, but also in the workplace. And so I've really dedicated um, my the, the rest of my career to pursuing those um goals and opportunities
0: I love it I love it I try to wake up every day and try to make the world better in just a little bit of uh, just a little bit just make it a little bit better every day but uh, you're talking about doing this in, in incredible ways um, <laughs> thank you for sharing where your mindset is right now I'm happy as well I'm happy to be with you uh, here just because I love talking about this I'm actually holding your book in my hand as uh, <laughs> as, uh, as we're on this podcast people can't see it I'm really excited I've already like I said I haven't finished the entire thing but uh, I love what I'm reading so far. So talk to me a little bit about the process of this, because I mean, I want to know a little bit about your story. There are a thousand different questions I could start. I mean, marathoner, and we got to talk about marathon and book together. People are going to wonder what I'm talking about, but I think you can explain it.
1: Yeah. Well, um, you know, a marathon is a journey, just like life is a journey. And um, when I became a running coach, um, run, walk, and then it transitioned into running about 12 years ago. And when I started thinking about writing a book and it was just kind of one of those things, you know, you manifest destiny kind of thing kept coming up in conversations with friends, um, was what was my secret sauce? What I wasn't an amazing athlete. I wasn't born gifted. I didn't run amazing track in high school or college or anything is, uh, I figured out how to feel good for a very long time and as much of the marathon as I could. And then I started looking back, you know, because you're writing a book, you know, it's important. And with some coaching on that, I you have to put in some personal stories that make people relate to you. And I look back and I said, you know, I always wanted to be happy. And when I wasn't happy, I pursued it with a vengeance and sometimes to the other ends of the earth, you know, it was was somewhat of a coping mechanism for me, but when you make feeling good, your priority, you you start changing bad days into bad moments. And it's a lot easier to work through a bad moment than a bad day. And if you have a bad day and aren't dealing with it, then it becomes a bad week and a bad month and a bad relationship. And so the whole purpose of how to make feeling your your priority is really to give people, runners, non-runners, whatever, tools to say, what's gonna make me feel good today? Not what your mother wants, not what your brother wants, not what your spouse wants, what makes me feel good? And then I put in the caveat, before drugs and alcohol. Now, they all have an, a, a part of life. I, I drink wine, I like the occasional martini, don't get me wrong, um, and gelato is my go-to weakness. <laughs> but if this is an emotional thing, it's an inside out thing. Is it, do I just need to put on a nicer outfit to go to work so I just pick myself up? Um, do I just need to show more appreciation? Do I need to have gratitude for what I have in my life? I, you know, work with runners and everybody, you know, and a lot of them are in Florida and they're dealing with heat. And it's like, so what can you do to feel better? How can you address this knowing that you're going to go out and it's going to be really hot? And so I say, Easiest place to start is write your gratitude list. Come up with things, three things that you're grateful for. It doesn't have to be big. You know, feeling good isn't about being big; it's about having appreciation for what you have today.
0: I like that. Thank you for sharing all of these lessons that you share with us. Um, you know, honestly, uh, as you look at this through the lens of a marathoner, uh, it, it applies so much here in our county, uh, as we have so many of the athletes. I mean, you've got 27 of these underneath your belt Uh, you started at a later age than a lot of people do for marathons but I think that uh, that metaphor of the fact that you're using the marathons and using that journey it does seem like in this past uh, 18 months we've been through a bit of a marathon (laughs) in this world and so uh, you know those two uh, it's not something that you ever want to see but uh, but you know how did that that image of the marathon kind of like transport itself into your into the COVID journey that we've all been going through.
1: Well, one of my favorite quotes is from Brian Scott, who has the reality revolution on YouTube. And boy, if you want to get kind of rewire your brain and, and allow for g- good things and good thoughts and, you know, visions and all that to come into your life, you know, that's definitely one. And what he says is it's not what ha- is happening externally. It's our reaction to it. And so, you know, in the marathon or in life. Yeah, Bad things are going to happen. Um, Unfortunate things are going to happen, but it doesn't mean that we still don't have the right to feel good. So, you know, one of the things when I'm, you know, training people or, you know, going through a training program is you need a lot of tools in your toolbox. You can't build a house with a hammer and a nail. And so, over the course of training, um, and it, it doesn't matter whether, you know, and coaching a business or or coaching a runner or an athlete is you try to build up that toolbox to say, what are the key areas we need to address? And what can we do in incremental little tiny ways that compound themselves into a bigger result? So for example, you know, in you know marathon training or, or any kind of athletic training you know you've got food nutrition sleep you've got your training program you've got your positive mindset you've got hydration you've got dealing with the heat and so and you want to train in a bunch of different environments so that you start putting a lot of tools in your toolbox so on race day or on the day that you need to show up um, you have a, a lot of little tools that you can draw upon and that's a lot about what my book is about is to give people little tour, tools to go, whoa, not feeling good. And I mean, Eric, you mentioned before we got online, you know, it was this crazy weekend, you got three kids and it was just like, oh my God, how do I get through all of this? And it's like, step back, go, whoa, okay. Feeling a little out of control right now. What can I do to feel better? How can I get through this? Let go of everything else and deal with the, the situation at hand. and um, And that's what helps you start... Just making a what could be a bad weekend or a bad day into a bad moment, and then you work through it, and you have to make a conscious choice. Do what is there something? What do I need choice. to yeah. deal with? What do I need to address to feel better? Um, same with businesses. You know, when you work with them, when I work with them on coaching, it's like we break a year into fifty-two weeks, and within that specific assignment, so yes, you have to kind of reallocate your time because it's not about working more. It's about working smarter. We've all heard about that. Oh, I'm already working 12 or 16 hours a day. Well, I can guarantee you. And there's been research studies. I I didn't come up with this. The brain can't be highly functional for that many hours in a day. So how do we reallocate some sources? How do we look at how your business is set up are you doing things that you should be allocating to somebody else? And then you get the oh my God, I can't, you know, there's no staff or whatever. And it's like, okay, so let's figure out what what's your biggest challenge right now, you know, and if it's net profits, start with cost cutting. It doesn't require any more time, it doesn't require adver- advertising or marketing. It all it requires is the owner and the person to so go, what do I need to do right now? to help my business, to help myself, to help my relationship, to help my kids. And focus and stay in the moment. And when you can start doing that, you become less reactionary to the external things. Doesn't mean you dismiss them, but we all need to feel better, particularly when our world is seemingly falling apart, burning up, drowning, whatever. You know, I mean, think about it. When you feel good and you have a good day, you're less affected by something your boss says, something an employee says to you, something your friend says, what your kids are doing or not doing, um, you have a, you're not having a good day, boy, you know, everything's a trigger for you. So yeah. if you can hit the pause button and go, whoa, what do I need to feel, do to feel better? Um, and, and is there somebody that I need to have help me do this? I mean, that's the biggest thing is everybody thinks that they're out there. Doing it all their own. I mean, they're in marriages and they have staff. Um, You know, the biggest challenge for, I think, business owners right now, particularly small ones, is that, you know, they're kind of at the top of the food chain. They have no one to talk to, Uh, which is why I'm a coach and not a consultant. I don't want to tell people what to do. I want to help them figure out how they're going to feel better, reach their goals, and then give them a roadmap to do that. And that's really what, you know, this is about. Yep. Oops, yep. sorry. You can see my screen. podcast.
0: <laughs> She's holding up the book. We know it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. And I love how you you do, you know, my question was going to be my next question but you answered it to be honest. Was going to be like when I feel like I can't do this, where do I start? But you already you already kind of addressed that. It's the idea of, you know, sometimes there's so much going on and I think about all the things that stress me, but you're right. Don't take it to this giant uh, forest. Focus on the one tree that I have to move past first and then we'll climb this tree and then this tree and you know, sometimes I just, I see that forest and it, it's overwhelming.
1: Yeah, and, and I've been there as a business owner um, when I had uh, a yeah. larger firm in um, Boulder County in, um, you know, oh, 20, 20 some odd years ago. Um, you know, I got to the top of the food chain and I hated my job. Um, I'm, a do, I'm a doer. Um, I've, you know, um, I said the greatest thing about coaching is you get to tell people what to do and they listen to you. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and if they don't well.
1: then you go well okay so how's that self-coaching going how, you know how's that working i'm like oh okay and if it's working great you're like great you know what look at how far you've come you know you're, you're ready to go out on your own Yay for you just like when your kids go off to college or something like that but yeah. um i remember talking to my mom and going for a walk and she's like how are you doing and i'm like hmm I go, I don't think I can do this anymore. And she goes like, do what? You know, it's so like, you know, then on your mother or your parents going, is it marriage? Is it your kid? You know? And I yeah. said, my job. And she's like, well, what's up with your job? And I'm like, I, I hate it. I, all I do is put out fires and um, manage overhead and all that. And she's like, well, do you have to do it? It's your business. I'm like, well, no, but I feel, you know, some sense of, obligation commitment to my staff Um, and, but it triggered something and it said, how can I make this work for me? And so I decided, well, let's merge with another company, get me out from being the president, I get to be the worker bee, and everybody has an option to apply for a new job or use the opportunity if some did to move on. Same with, I mean, I've been marathon training or triathlon training or whatever, and I'm having a really bad training day. And I'm like, I don't think I can do this. I'm like, you don't have to give yourself an out. And I know as a business owner, like, well, I don't have an out, like, how am I going to pay the bills and blah, blah, blah. It's like, but, what is it exactly that you don't have to do? And it's like, what would make your day, your job going to work more better? so much, so many people focus on what they don 't like about their job instead of what it does do? So say, okay, maybe you want to keep your business or feel like you need to keep your business, but how how about we work on an exit strategy? So if you could double or triple your income in the next twelve to eighteen months and I have all kinds of examples of companies who follow this formula, who do that. It's a training program. It's a 52 week training program for you. Um, and then you compound that to three to five years and it starts growing incrementally. So you add, you know, you go from 100,000 to 200,000 in your first year, and then you go to 350,000 the next year, and then you're at like 550,000. I'm just
0: yeah.
1: doing some general examples. What does that mean for you in three years to be making $550,000 in net profit? Oh my God, you know, I could pay off my house. Um, You know, I could, you know, I wouldn't have any debt anymore. I could look at retirement. I could look at an exit strategy. The valuation of my company would be so great. And guess what? How much better does it feel to go to work every day going, you know what? I know what I want my company to look like in three years. How do I get there? Who do I need to help me? Can I do it on my own? What tools do I need in my toolbox in order to do that? Same with marriages, it. you know, yep. like, how, yeah, you know, kids, are you're starting to look to being an empty nester. Do you want to be one of those couples that went, oh, God, got the best years of our life in front of us. And I don't even know you. And I don't even know if I like you. <laughs> you know? I mean, let's face it, you know, yeah. it happens a lot, It does, you know, <laughs> um, and so, you know, that's where you go. What do I want my life to look like? What do I want my relationship to be like? And maybe sit down and say, you know, we made a commitment to each other. I'm really committed to you, but we've got an opportunity in a couple of years to really have the best years of our life in front of us. How are we going to do that together? Do we even want to do that together? And and don't be afraid of the question because the biggest, the only question that's wrong is the ones that's not asked.
0: I love this. I am I just I hope the rest of you out there are just like absorbing all of this as well. Um, <laughs> you know, one of the things that uh, that I thought about when I first picked up your book and first started reading and, you know, had I knew you a little bit, so I knew it was going to change. But I thought, oh, this is all about me. This is all about making myself better. And this is all about my choices. But the more I read into your book is it's not all about me. You talk so much about the connections with other people. But then I what I always go to is, you know, if I, I have to be in that right place. You know, because my job in this world, I believe, is serve other people. Serve other people however we can. But uh, you know, and so this one, it's sometimes it's hard for me to look at something like, oh, do I want to make myself better? But I can only serve those people if I'm at my best.
1: Right. You know, and and a lot of people go, how can you be so selfish to think about yourself? It's like, you know, what if you take care of you then you're in a much better position to take care of everybody else. When you're angry and bitter and resentful because you don't have any time or you're not spending time on yourself or you're not making yourself important, you know, it's the law of attraction. If you don't feel important, nobody else is going to feel that you're important. But if you feel important, then other people are going to start feeling important. And it's how you treat people. And I'm not saying you don't have bad days. I mean, Lord knows I've got my share, too. And there's kind of a joke in our family about, boy, nobody goes down harder, but nobody bounces back and then a good friend of mine said and nobody bounces back better and correctly than you do and that's the thing is it's not just about bouncing back it's like what can I do to kind of keep manifesting this what makes me feel good every day um and you know and then and you know, it's not like, it's kind of like taking a shower. Some days you don't, but most days, hopefully you do. And, (laughs) you know, and when you don't take a shower and then you do, you go, oh, that's why I take a shower most days. Man, that like really made me feel good. And just acknowledging how things, I get up in the morning and turn on the espresso machine and I just pour it into the cup and I smell that. And I'm like, oh my God, thank you that smells so good. Just get your day off on the right foot, you know, instead yeah. of just like, Oh my God, I'm so tired. I got to drink coffee. Mm, you know? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yes. Rather than using it as that, as that tool in that way, using it as a, almost a reward, a small reward for, you know, this day that you get to have in front of you. Okay. I, I, I love everything that you're, you're sharing with me. I, I know I keep saying that, but I really do. And, uh, and I absolutely know how important this is in our Valley. You know, it was just, it was just about a month or so ago that we had the, um, we had the highest number that we've ever had in one day of mental health holds in this community, and you know this is a byproduct of what we've been through with COVID, but also a byproduct of this incredibly intense community right now. Uh, you know, it, this book obviously probably hits different in different places. Who's your target audience for this? Who who's the person that you think really needs to hear this the most? Besides Hi. me. <laughs>
1: Well, you know, interestingly, my son who works with me on it, you know, mom, well, who's your target audience? You know, I think most early 20s, some things could probably use it. And I've had some that have read it and find it, but it's probably in the... 25 to 27, when you start, your life starts getting complicated. You're in a relationship, you start thinking about kids, you've got a career, you're trying to stay healthy, you're out of college, you're responsible for your own bills and it just starts getting really overwhelming and you just start losing sight of what makes you feel good. Um, Or you're in a job that you don't like, and, and there's a whole chapter on that, you know, do what you love, love what you do. And as I say, you know, it's not about the task, but shifting your focus going, okay, I may not love the work that I do um, per se, but I really love the new friends that I've made. I love the sense of community. I love the fact that my boss is able to, I can now have some flex hours. I dealt with one of my um, running clients the other day, who's working from home right now. And I said, and she's trying to train for a marathon first thing in the morning. I mean, she doesn't want to run in the dark. And I said, you know what? And she mentioned about having a couple of days where she had flexible hours on her bigger training days. I said, If you just asked if you could just work nine to five thirty, you're working remotely anyway. As long as you get the job done, and all of a sudden she went from hating her job and being completely overwhelmed to liking her job, liking her boss, feeling really appreciative about her flex life, and how she was able to say this is really important to me. How do I make it work? And just stepping back and make and asking those questions. And and I say the same thing to business owners: if you're feeling really stressed out, step back and go. How can I make this work? How can I make my business work? What do I need? Who do I need to talk to? What tools do I need in my toolkit? Because you've been successful before, but unfortunately the reality of business life, the reality of life has completely changed. I mean, I can't even believe how much Zoom and FaceTime has become part of my life. And I'm like, how did I live without this before? I mean, I Mm -hmm. would never connecting in person with my mother, even if it's by a computer. And it's now enabling me to live in Vail. I mean, how awesome is that? And work with people all across the country. I mean, I could work work nation internationally if I wanted to. Yeah. And so we, you know, change is hard. And I said, you know, if change was easy, everybody would do it. So if I had one piece of advice is hit the pause button and go, what can I do to feel better today or in the morning before you hit the snooze button, go instead of the snooze button. I'm going to lie here and think about how I can make my day great. What can I do for myself? That's going to help me help other people. And my closing comment, my mother said, if you're having a bad day, do something
0: nice for somebody else. Oh, I love it. I love it. I want your mother as my next podcast person, just so I can (laughs) hang out with her and hear where some of your wisdom came from. (laughs) I love that Uh, again. Holly Johnson is uh, my guest. The book is How to Make Feeling Good Your Priority, A Marathoner's Journey to a Feel-Good State. But honestly, it is just so, this is a manual. There's so many practical pieces of advice in here. Uh, I, and you were turning me on to that. There's a last chapter there that's kind of like the a Cliff Note version a little bit that sums up all these incredible things. And I just love it. I was flipping through earlier, picking out some of those pieces that I love. Uh, there's, um, where do people get the book?
1: Um, They can get it on Amazon or Barnes and Noble, or they can email me at Holly at growth solutions, coaching.com. And I can send them a link to um, my Shopify site. Um, And um, so it's, you know, it's whatever it's your flavor and it is available on Kindle and my audio book should be out in about six weeks. So if, oh, I'm an audio person, and I was like, I have to have an audio book. So um, if you're an audio person, um, it's great. It's great car time um, listening for sure.
0: It is great car time. Did are you reading your book or is someone else?
1: Um, no, uh, somebody else is reading it. Uh, the, my publishing company had too many authors who don't know how to speak um, yes. <laughs> and, or did recordings with dogs barking in the background. And I, you know, worked with, you know, a fide publisher because I'd never published a book before to lead me down the right path. And I found a woman who had a very engaging voice and I gave some examples to people to give me feedback to make sure that it was kind of the right energy. So, you know, letting that's go cool. is not one of my one of my character strengths um, but, you know, in in this case I think it will be great
0: and uh, I think that's really neat. I just I I like audiobooks as well and it's always fascinating to me how you, you know, how you an author would decide whether you read it or to have someone else. But I like that you went to energy, like someone needed the right energy. It wasn't the voice necessarily as much as it was the, the energy to pull this off. Yeah. So anyway, that's fantastic. We are going to grab the book uh, and we are going to continue to, uh, you know, hopefully have you back on this podcast, because this is uh, such important stuff that uh, you're talking about. That's feel good mindset uh, and the feel good solutions that we're going to call this. Holly, I can't thank you enough for your time.
1: Thanks, Eric. I'm happy to be on any day. I could talk about this, you know, to Kingdom Come, as you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, we could listen
0: to it. We need it. Let's keep Have making the world great. better every day.
1: Yeah. Have a feel-good day. All right.
0: <sighs> Thank you. Bye. See ya. Be sure to subscribe to the Partnership Podcast on whatever platform you're listening right now, and find more resources at ValeValleyPartnership.com.